Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in, friendos. It is in this league right here on Sports Grid. It is three hours of pretty much NFL draft mayhem that's going down. It is Scott Bogman. He's right there. You can find him on Twitter at Bogman Sports. I am Chris Welsh, the Welsh on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. Those are our Twitter handles. We can tell you about all the other cool stuff coming up. Boy, has the last couple days been absolutely wild. Today as this podcast is dropping. We're on the final day of the NFL draft. And Bogman, I had been setting this up, and I'm I'm ecstatic to see because I haven't seen yet the television ratings, but I couldn't get over that the NFL draft was the actual first real sporting event from one of the big um, the big you know three or four, four. however you want to consider sports at this point. But this is the first thing that completely kind of avoided the chaos of the world right now, and the NFL draft went on, though it was different, of course, those little pre-recorded boos for Goodell, which was the lamest thing on the planet. But the NFL draft gave everybody hope because this was normalcy to the number one sport in America, and it went off. It was solid, and um, I I have to imagine the ratings are probably going to be through the roof. Yeah, I mean, they are going to be nuts for sure. I I, I don't think I've heard more people say, you know, man, I've never been more invested in the NFL draft in my entire life. I've heard so many people say that because, you know, uh, people that would usually watch either the NBA playoffs or uh, MLB baseball don't have it. So everyone's paying attention to the draft. It makes a ton of sense. And uh, there were some really good moments, <laughs> some goofy moments there, too, that yeah, I know well, we're going to get to. Yeah, but. we're going to talk about those for sure in here. Uh, kind of the, the plan here just prepping everybody because it's really just heavy football right now for a bit. We are going to be um, next week breaking down from the fantasy perspective where all the offensive guys did over on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast. If people want to check that out. Last week we did an episode. It was kind of our NFL draft preview from the fantasy perspective. We talked about whatever. I don't even remember what the number was now. 15, 17, 19, whatever it is you ended up putting. The big relevant guys um, and how their dynasty and redraft value was going to potentially look. And we talked about destinations. Well, next week we'll kind of uh, have a rebrief over that. We'll kind of look back at all seven rounds, look at some destinations. Maybe there'll be some surprise players. We'll talk about the fantasy impact of what happened in the NFL draft 
that's on the docket there. So if you're looking for that, make sure you tune in. Just search In This League Fantasy Football, and you will see the podcast. Sign up wherever the iTunes are. NFL Draft War Room podcast that Bogman does have been going on there as well. For today, we are going to be talking about some of the craziness in the NFL Draft. Bubba's coming up later. There's going to be some day two conversation we'll be breaking down. We did break down all of day one from a pick-to-pick basis literally an hour after the draft finished. We did that over um, right here on this feed. It was just the ITL version of the daily. So if you want to listen to that, we're still going to talk about the first round a little bit because we've had time to kind of, I don't know, uh, debrief or um, what's Calm quarantine. Down. What's the other word that I'm looking for? It, it, this is my usual bit. One time a show, I completely miss what a word is. Um, not uh, quarantine, so, but uh, decontaminate. We had time to breathe. Is that yeah, what no, you're, you're looking not, for? I don't know what you're saying. Just like the segments, I don't apparently do a good job of uh, leading you in the direction, and you don't have it for me. I don't know what no. it is. It's like de- it's like debriefing. Like you know, if you were to go out in space and then you were to go into a room and then yeah, you do debriefing? something. Yeah, that's yeah. debriefing. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not debriefing. Debriefing would be like with the the CIA if they had like a a big uh, decompress. Decompress. That's the word. There's the word. God. You got it. You did it. Decompress. All right. Why yeah, are you mad at it. me? You couldn't think of it either. Yeah, well, yeah. You were explaining it so well. You go into a room and you sit down after something happens. No, I said <laughs> after space. <laughs> I was. I had it. Decompress. It's a decompressing. I, I said debriefing, and the only reason I knew it was decompress is that because you said, yeah, that's with a person though debriefing okay yeah it is yeah, you're right yeah it is that's like something just happened you do by yourself so you don't get the bends <laughs> yeah when you i tried to watch uh there's this billion dollar wreck uh show on i think history channel what is it and i was uh it's called billion dollar wreck it's about one of those you know uh big big liners that was carrying a bunch of gold went down in the atlantic you know a hundred years ago oh people searching family, for it yeah, this family's been looking uh, for it for years and years and years. Let's and, go, Bogman. Uh, well, I mean, I think they found it. But I was trying to watch this show about it, and they found a big chunk of it at least. Uh, I could only get through one episode of the show. But uh, they were bringing a guy up from the bottom of, of the ocean about you know 250 feet down, and he had to uh, – uh, he ran out of air, and they had to throw him in one of those decompression rooms. And I was like, uh, this is really interesting. But then the History Channel commercial thing, for whatever reason, like it saved up seven commercial breaks for me, mm-hmm. and then they all happened at one time. So I'm sitting here like 10 minutes into this commercial break going, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> that, you're and decompressing went, from the show. Uh, like, yeah, apparently. Happening? So I click back, you know, and then I hit uh, play again, Six more commercials, and I was like, I've had it. I- I'm not watching the commercial channel. Okay, so which I got is apparently is history, you know, on the Roku. I, I, so. This is a small deviation, shocker, if you've listened to this show. So I just <laughs> I got to get this out because I won't talk about this anywhere else because you just reminded me of it. So I'll try to explain the rabbit hole quickly. Uh-oh. I I was watching. I started The Witcher on Netflix. Okay, which it's not as bad as everybody made it out to be. Uh, it's close to as confusing as everybody said. And I don't know. There's something the Henry Cavill or Cavill or whatever. I, I like him. Superman. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. I like the, I like him. So with that, I've been every time I go on to Amazon Prime, they promote Mission Impossible Fallout, one of the new Mission Impossibles. So I was like, I maybe will watch them. Like I don't know, Tom Cruise action movies, and I forgot Simon Pegg's in it, and Henry Cavill's in it, and I've been watching stuff. And but then I realized I was like, oh, you know what? 
I don't think I'm caught up on Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible always would get weird for me, and I would just like disconnect. So I yeah, went it's back. Such a hard plot to follow, you know. Well, they just do uh, all Tom this weird. Cruise almost dies, and then he doesn't. <laughs> well, he runs a lot, and he, he crashes things. He does his own stunts. No, but they'll do all these weird things. So I was going back, and I'm like, okay, where did I leave off? I remember Ghost Protocol, but then there's Rogue Nation, and then Fallout. So I decided, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna catch back up, so I know what's going on. So I, went, I, I yeah, I have to know what's going on in these mission. Impossible. Well, I just, yeah, I got to follow the storylines. Very important. Tom Cruise <laughs> storylines are very important. So I go and watch Rogue Nation, and there's this scene, and this is what's getting me there. There's this scene where they're breaking into this like safe thing, and Tom Cruise has to like jump in the water and um, like hold his breath breath for three minutes, and there's this chick that's there to help him, and. He, he dives into this, like, tunnel, and he gets into this safe, and he's holding his breath the entire time. And I'm thinking, oh, he just has to swim there. He gets there. He's, like, trying to uh, change out this card. And I'm like, this is a really long scene. I'm like, we're starting to get into not believable three minutes. <laughs> then he starts what is he, to— he, David Blaine? Well, Come then on. he, like, passes out in the water. And then she comes in and saves him, and it's, like, another four minutes. And I'm like, this three-minute scene— it's been 10 minutes. I'm like, wow, we are getting into unbelievable here. Then I watch Fallout, and I, I got I got to get someone's opinion on this. There is a scene in this movie. This is not a spoiler because the movie is years old now, where they have 15 minutes to stop a bomb. Bogman, I am not joking you. There, It, it is the most unbelievable 15 minutes you've ever seen in your life. From the moment the bomb starts up, Tom Cruise... This one where he runs across the roof and stuff and no, through the dude. office building. Dude, I'm telling you, somehow they want you to believe in 15 minutes Tom Cruise um, jumps on a helicopter that's flying. He fall. He's falling down this string thing. As he's almost up, he climbs back up. He gets in. He he punches the uh, and shoots or whatever, kills the, uh, the airplane pilot, doesn't know how to fly a plane, starts flying. A plane chase <laughs> ensues. With Henry this Cavill. is a plane or a helicopter? Helicopter. I'm sorry, helicopter. Okay. They are flying through mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains. They keep going. Finally, they crash the helicopters. They oh, land in the snow. It's not over. I, they land I in the snow. Yeah, then yeah. the helicopters fall down a cliff. They're in it. They get out. They fight. They fall off the cliff. Yeah. He climbs back up. And then he turns it off with one second left. And I was like, this is 45 minutes. This wasn't 15 minutes. It was, I, I've never been more baffled at a the believability. I, and I, I'm not that person. I don't fall in. I'm like, well, that wasn't believable. But I was right. like, you got to be kidding me, dude. It would have taken 15 minutes to get up the helicopter. Because I saw that one in the theater. And I specifically remember thinking like, this 15 minutes has been like 45 minutes. What is happening here? It was, the, you know? it, I was laughing at, I just started laughing at this point <laughs> because like I, there's something for me, I can just appreciate a good action movie. Sometimes I want my brain to just completely shut off yeah. and I want to just go and enjoy an action Watch movie. Watch the Michael Bay movie. Right. Sure. And this is what Tom Cruise provides and they have great stunts and he does all his own stunts and it's fun to kind of watch and see like what is he doing and what are they doing just all this nonsense so you're going through that but I, when they were pulling this off i was like guys come on 
Like this is, I, I don't know what to do here. Like this isn't 15 minutes. This this is like the NFL draft saying they're going to end at 8 p.m. You know, or whatever it is. It's the, it's like let's be serious here, guys. This isn't 15 minutes. Maybe make the bomb. If they would have said 30 minutes, I'd have been like, okay, you know what? Maybe Tom Cruise could climb up an airplane, take it over, crash it, fall down a cliff, get back up, fight Henry Cavill, fall down, and then climb back up in 30 minutes. Not 15 minutes. I can't. I, I have this scene stuck in my head now ever since you said, uh, you know, uh, Tom Cruise kills a helicopter pilot. Uh, apparently now he knows how to fly a helicopter. Never done it in his life. Do you remember the movie Me, Myself and Irene? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember with uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, with Jim Carrey and his three sons. Uh, they uh, they beat up this cop and they take his helicopter, and they're reading the instructions on how to, you know, because they're all, like, the super geniuses. Yeah. They're reading the, the book. He's like, uh, he's like, why can't you tell me how to run this plane yet? And he goes, well, because this thing is in Germany. He goes, you speak German, don't you, mother effer? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I can listen to it, but I can't read it so well. He goes, how hard can it be? It's just lift versus drag and rotation, you idiot. Let's go. <laughs> that's, uh, Tom Cruise. that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, was, that's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise just had Jim Carrey's kids screaming at him. It's just lift versus drag and rotation, you dumb mother effer. I, oh, I feel so, bad for getting us down team. that route, but I just watched this two days ago. And for some reason, <laughs> when we were talking about decompre- decompressing, you know, that whole moment in the one, in the Rogue Nation one, where, you know, then he's like, you know, they have to bring him back to life after. And it was this really long. I was like, this is a pretty long holding your breath scene. Like, I always think that I can hold my breath long. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's not that 30 maybe. seconds. Dude, you get under there. And after like, you know, especially when you're fat, like after 20 seconds, you're just like, I, how much longer are we going to do struggle, this? Struggle, yeah, like, struggle, struggle. Give me to the surface. Yeah, so like die. three oh, minutes. Give me oh, a that's good breath. Yeah, oh, give me a break. So I don't, I don't know why we went, we went through there. So um, let's have a, a quick de- – So that was the whole point. Is like we can decompress a little bit off. We were, <laughs> we had talked about uh, the draft right after it happened, and some of the storylines have kind of developed themselves. Yes, we're going to talk about um, day two. Uh, obviously, we're not going to talk about day three here, but more of that will happen. Like I said on the Antail Fantasy, Fantasy Football Podcast, but um, there's a multitude of different interesting storylines that came from it. You know, and I just want to jump real quick and get your prediction here cuz the one that the one that I've walked away with that is pretty astonishing, not just like it has nothing to do with my anger is the Jordan Love situation. It, Jordan yeah. Love, the the Green Bay Packers, we found out after the fact that the Green Bay Packers had ha- apparently had an infatuation with Jordan Love and were determined to trade up to make sure that they acquire Jordan Love, which is kind of a little bit of a shocker. What becomes more shocking about it and and really going to be harder to stomach, and it's going to be interesting when we get more comments about this, is that Aaron Rodgers, yes, it's Aaron Rodgers here, but Aaron Rodgers has four more years on his contract, Bogman, and, he, and the cap hits on Rodgers right now. Were they to cut him or get rid of him, I think this year's like $50 million. Next year, it's around $35 million. And the next year after that is around $17 million. So they are not going to be able to relieve themselves of Aaron Rodgers for anything remotely close to a reasonable price for three years unless he retires. And we've seen no sign of that. So the the drafting of Jordan Love is actually the absolute biggest head scratcher from day one. Yeah, it's probably the biggest head scratcher for most people. And I got to be honest, like last year uh, coming into the draft, I would have 
said the exact same thing that everyone else is saying about this pick. Uh, you know, the window's closing on Aaron Rodgers. They've been weird about getting him great, great targets. He really hasn't had amazing targets for his entire career. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and like James Jones, when they were all clicking, was pretty good to see. But um, other than that, they just haven't been great. So you see all these amazing wide receivers in this draft, and you think, well, they got to take one to to go for you know to go across the field from Adams, and they didn't. They go with this backup quarterback. But after watching the Steelers struggle without Roethlisberger last year, man, I'm really I'm okay with this pick from uh, the Packers getting Jordan Love. Uh, obviously, would you be I'm okay? not a Packers fan. Okay, well, if, but, you were a four, if you were um, – no, let's say the Steelers traded up and took Jordan Love. This, yeah. and, and just mind you real quick, and this is what's important, is the window – what they've invested in Aaron Rodgers is a lot. Their window is not exactly crazy high. It's something I talked about on the last episode – where I, I speculated, what if they go and they just start drafting, you know, pieces of need, even though it doesn't help for this year, but for the future. So they go and take a, you know, because uh, Aaron Jones's contract is coming up. They take a running back. They take a wideout because Devontae Adams is getting older. But to that point, though, this is a team, the Packers, that are built to win right now. They've got Aaron Jones. They've got Devontae yeah. Adams. Aaron Rodgers is here. They built some form of a defense. If you're in a win now mode, you don't bring on a quarterback that actually could literally sit on the sidelines to the entirety of their rookie contract, or you have a quarterback that is not movable, you have to bring in things that can move the needle now and win for this team. So if you were that, the Steelers are a little bit off, not too far, but just a tiny bit off from maybe where the Packers are, but maybe close enough. Think of what the Steelers need right now. What if the Steelers traded up in the first round to take Jordan Love? Well, after watching last season, like I just said, man, I'd actually be okay. You actually would be okay with it, even though yeah, the Steelers were an almost like full-on playoff team that they invest their first-round pick in a quarterback. Then let's assume Ben is signed up for three more years. Well, what are they if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing, and that's exactly what we saw with Pittsburgh last year. Best defense in the NFL last year was the Steelers, and they couldn't do anything on offense. They couldn't move the ball because they didn't have a quarterback. So it really doesn't matter if you stack up that defense uh, to an amazing level. You have to have at least a league average quarterback in there to, to get into the playoffs and make a run. And they don't have a league average quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, and they haven't for a long time. So I, I, I'm actually okay with this move. I think there's plenty of time for them to still uh, add some weapons for A-Rod, but uh, getting a backup quarterback is just bigger now than it ever has been. Well, and I don't, I don't, I mean, okay, we'll talk about that, because I don't think it's so much <laughs> about, like, being like, well, they can get more weapons, like, sure, that's, but that's not the point of the, they invested a lot of money in a first-round pick and a first-round pick on Jordan Love. So let's talk about that on the other side, plus a bunch of the other really funny uh, day one stories, and we'll be talking about some day two, some more NFL draft talk right here in this league on Sports Day. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. In this league is cooking. It's in this league. We're back. You can find us over on inthisleague.com, which goes to our Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army. What's so good about it? Actually, right now, as you might be listening to this, Bogman might be streaming on our Patreon. So you can get the rest of day three there. We've got all the rest of the live streams if you want to go back and listen to them, plus a multitude of other stuff. Dynasty football ranks. You've had prospect ranks up on there for baseball, football, secret shows, group me rooms. There is more than you can imagine on our Patreon, and we've been doing it for a long time. That's the thing I always try to tell people, too, because we have seen it in uh, friends of ours uh, across the board. We have seen Patreons come and go. But Bogman and I, we actually, uh, our last secret show, we're going to do a bracket of our comedy shows we've done on Patreon. We've been doing it since 2000, was it 16? 16, 2016, yeah, we've been on Patreon, dude. It's been a while, man, and it's it's grown, and and we we love everyone on there, and appreciate all the help and and all of the stuff. And if you want to watch the uh, day three stream, uh, if you're listening to that early today, uh, check out our Patreon for sure. And I'm gonna have first year uh, player draft rankings up there for this draft class on Sunday. So all kinds of great stuff then, over on the In This League Patreon. I cannot like I mean I know you can't, but I can just hear it in your voice. You're gonna sleep for 20 hours. You like you're usually pretty good about. You usually are able to pull out that like that little bit of tiredness and stuff. But like right. it's 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 hanging with you today. Like it I can is. hear it. I don't know if everyone else yeah. can hear it. Like you are going to like Saturday around probably 4 p.m. I'll bet you you're gonna sleep <laughs> until Sunday at like 11 a.m. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go to bed fairly early on Saturday. I know that because the Saturday morning wake up call, the Welsh, you know, is going to be the, the draft starts our time at 9 a.m. So I got to be up at like That's probably at least 830 a.m., which I I don't think I've woken up at 830 a.m. Since college football season, when I was doing the updates here, people, on I mean, Sports and Grid. people are probably hearing it. That's when people are listening to this and they're hearing it. And Bogman is asleep right now. Yeah, I'm. Well, no, you might be in the draft, and then you'll be asleep for. Yeah, yeah, I'll, a really I'll long be time. asleep immediately after the draft. Yeah, so. you'll have some real decompression going on uh, before we <laughs> record on Sunday for Monday. So, um, uh, I love I love you bringing practicality to the words we learn on the show every day. So it's great. Yeah, that's that's what we do. That's what, that's what we do. We try to just make it all work uh, seamlessly. So. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know how I am sometimes, dude. Like how you said that, where you're like, it, it's kind. Of, in my words, when we're talking about Jordan Love, like it's kind of obvious. Like, sure, you know, 
you're fine with the quarterback, and I think that's fine. You actually, if anybody, you you might be the best um, and, and more accurate type of a person to judge this. As the Steelers, you know, they really lost themselves because of the lack of quarterback. So I understand that. And to me, I don't I don't even put into the equation like, yeah, they can get fill other needs later. Yeah, sure, of course they can. They could do whatever the f they want. <laughs> oh, I almost lost a hundred dollars. Almost, almost. I caught myself. Uh, that was very, very close. That's the closest I've been in a long time. Um, they can do whatever they want, but that's not the point. It's they invested the most money in a player that they would in this draft, in a first round pick, in a future quarterback that a there is not a future spot for because of the. There's literally not a financial way to make this happen unless some team just opens up, doesn't care about the salary of Aaron Rodgers, and they want to move on and they can trade him. Otherwise, there's no viable way that he can come in, and you can't pay Aaron Rodgers the money he's getting off of the bench. So why invest that much money in a quarterback in the first round when you could do it later? There's other quarterbacks. Okay, but here's the reason. Uh, The reason is, and we talked about this with Jordan Love going into the draft, that there was no gray area on him. Teams either had him as the number one quarterback in this class or they said, I'm not going to draft him because he's probably a back end of the first round guy. I'm not going to invest that much into a quarterback that I don't really like. So I think it's pretty clear that the Packers think that Jordan Love is on that Patrick Mahomes type of a level and they could get him in the 20s in a draft. They're going to pull the trigger on that regardless of who they have at quarterback because you have to. That's the one position you can't wait to develop. You have to stay good at that spot every single year. And and this all worked out with Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, is the exact same age as Brett Favre is when they took Aaron Rodgers in the draft. So I, I, I understand what you're saying, and they definitely could have gotten a huge weapon to help out for this year. I always thought they were going wide receiver. Every mock I did, I gave them a wide out. But I understand this Jordan Love pick specifically after watching my Steelers crash and burn without a good backup quarterback last year. Well, I don't so. think Packers understand it, and that's the Packer fans don't understand it, and it it puts a lot of questions out there, and something that it has the potential to do. Something we're gonna have to monitor. Obviously, they don't want to make it too crazy, but um, there could be some dissent that comes. It's out not of this. something I would have done. Aaron, Ro- why I- would Aaron Rodgers have wanted this? Aaron Rodgers wanted a weapon. You think he was sitting there being like? Man, we need to we need to get Ayuk. We need to go get get me a Denzel Mims. <laughs> yeah. Get me get me one of these guys. Get me one of these receivers now. Get me a playmaker to get in here. Give me a, even see, a defensive player for the whole, not a backup quarterback. That's his worst nightmare. Did you see the Pawn Stars meme for uh, Aaron Rodgers? Uh uh-uh. uh He said, uh, "Come on, guys, I really need a weapon." And then it was the Rick guy going, uh, "Best we can do is your replacement." <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about uh, right. Yeah, I'm just I waiting mean, for Ro- I'm just waiting for the snarky Rogers uh ask. I mean the only thing the only thing I guess positive that's sitting out there is there is no like there's no ability for people to be around and there's no media and stuff. Yeah, like literally Aaron Rodgers would have to be open to going doing like a Zoom call or something like that for any of this to even be a thing. So it kind of doesn't even matter at this point because he'll have an like you catch the guy while they're still in it. He'll be over it um, shortly unless he starts doing the snarky little texts out to guys like Ian Rappaport and stuff of being like, I don't know what's going on here or, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could also, I think, I think the he had to have known that this was a possibility. I, I mean, you say uh, that, man, I, I don't. I don't think maybe so. not. I mean, look, the, the NFL, the, the teams have to protect themselves 
just like the players have to protect themselves, right? Like uh, the Colts had no idea Andrew Luck was going to just up and retire, right? So as a franchise, you never know when that stuff is going to happen. You never know when Aaron Rodgers is going to just say, I've had enough of this. I'm tired of taking, uh, you know, all these body shots and having concussions and being beat up and being done with this game. So he could do that after this year. And uh, if he does, everyone's then going to think that the the Packers are geniuses. Well, if there was so, any insight, but I just see that that's an agreement here. Like if, uh, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers had and given I'm, them dude, any. I'm not arguing against your point at all uh, because I'm with you. If I was the Packers, I would not have taken Jordan Love. I would have taken a wide out uh, because that's really, really what they need. So that's what I would have done. I'm just, I, I understand them taking Jordan Love. And like I said, sitting in this spot at this time last year, I would not have agreed with this pick at all. I would have rolled my eyes and said, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? But after watching the Steelers have one of the best defenses I've ever seen them have and still uh, be terrible last year because they don't have a decent quarterback. I kind of get these type of moves now. One of the know? one of the really interesting things I want to I just want to bust through this because um, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire thing is is a bigger deal. But right around the same spot, if you want to talk about storylines that uh, of of impact, and I'm and I always I really like that we get this information. And I'm always shocked that teams kind of do it sometimes as well. But when you start to hear about people's boards and how, you know, this player is, this player was actually high on this board or this guy was off and this guy was rated here. Well, you know, I was, um, I was, and still am to, and, and it really sucks too because the 49ers situation, like, I can't get over it and I won't get over it. And it'll always be to me, and I'll always compare what the Niners did to what Jerry Judy does in his career because I think that was the play. And the 49ers had a chance to take him. They did not. They traded back. Then they didn't take him again, and they took Javon Kinlaw, which was infuriating. But then the 49ers traded back up in, uh, which I had speculated they would do. They traded back up in, but that was before I hung up on you on the live stream. And they they took one of my favorite wide receivers outside of the Jerry Judy range and Brandon Ayuk from ASU. I love ASU. I think he is one of the more explosive open field receivers. He's a yak monster. Um, 49ers love yards after the catch. That's their big thing. And, you know, they were able to trade that third rounder for Brandon Ayak. So all of that encompassed to me being like, ah, you know, it is hard to be really upset now that it's over. And had I not known that Judy was there, literally if Judy hadn't been there, this would be a different feeling for me. I would be, I'd have much different feelings about the process. I would, I would be able to focus on the smartness of it. But the thing that came out of this, and this was reported over on 49ers web zone, we find out is that Brandon Ayuk Bogman was the number one receiver on the 49ers board. Now, I don't know if it was because they they knew they were priced out of Judy, but we don't have any of those details. All we found out was literally Ayuk was the number one receiver on Kyle Shanahan's board, which is quite surprising. But you, I know I'd said this to you offhand. You weren't as surprised as I was to hear that. I mean, I not really uh, because GMs always have – uh, a different board than, you know, what, uh, people will put out there. You know, if the consensus is something, you know, a GM it's just, they don't care what anyone else thinks. So I'm not that surprised to hear that they had Ayuk as the number one. He wouldn't have been my number one and he isn't. So, uh, I do like him a lot though. And this is a great class. And, um, you know, I, I guess I just don't see where I could put him ahead of a guy like Judy or, uh, you know, 
CD Lamb, Ruggs, Jefferson. I just couldn't do it. But he is really, really good. This, and this, I, I was a little also, bit surprised. I just that? wanted to add to you while you're saying this. The report also had that the 49ers had CD Lamb as a close second. So they had Ayuk okay. and Lamb, and that was how they viewed it. So they were actually they were obviously going for that kind of really they weren't going for the top end rug speed guy. They were going for that like athletic open field like um I don't know how the word is. It's like like a guy that they can move around the field and has like that breakaway potential. I mean, yeah, yards after Jeremiah catch. Jeremiah said it. He's a technician. You know, uh, Brand, Brandon Ayuk is a great route runner already, um, you know, and he can move all around the field. And I think that's just kind of what, uh, what your guy Shanahan is doing. He's getting these different type of pieces that fit in all over the place. His Debo can play the slot. He can play outside. I feel like Ayuk can do both as well. Um, Kittle can split out. He can block in line. You know, they just have all these moving pieces and not even to mention uh, Jalen Hurd they drafted last year who uh, should develop to be a better wide receiver this year too. And he's a big body dude. So uh, I like what, I really like what the Niners are doing. Uh, I think the big question for the Niners long-term is, you know, and we heard it with some rumblings in the off season about possibly them going after Tom Brady is, do you think Jimmy G is the guy, you know, to get them to and win the Super Bowl? And I, I think he showed last year that he obviously is. So when people argue against Jimmy G, I'm uh, a little shocked. I, I don't know how you feel as a 49er fan, the Welsh. I'm not, I'm not shocked. I think there were some serious questions. There were some serious questions that were put out there on, um, there's some serious questions put out there on his decision making because he could kind of uh, he could kind of disappear, you know. Right. Like he, he like, like he would do. I mean, but all the quarterbacks do it. But there would be some bonehead moments of frustration where it was like, can he really make the throws and can he make the decisions to not be a problem in this offense? Because Shanahan has designed the offense enough that the quarterback doesn't need to be the biggest piece. Their running game, their offensive line is so powerful to push that running game. And then they need a quarterback to make the throws, and and he needs to put weapons around that guy. So I'm not shocked that the question was out there. And frankly, you know, if you look at this, if you look at it and like, well, have had you got Tom Brady, you could have then traded uh, Garoppolo, and you would have in you would have just gotten Gronk. You know, Gronk would have come right. over and played with Kittle. So the Niners right now could be Brady Gronk, and then whatever they got for Garoppolo, which would have been. Probably significant. You would have had teams that would have given up something significant. So what if you had Brady, Gronk, an extra pick, and then you just added Ayuk and you added Javon Kinlaw to it? Man. So. <laughs> okay. You know what? You're making it. You're explaining it so I can understand it here, man. And that uh, that sounds like a pretty damn strong team. It would so. have been. It would have been. But uh, scheme. You know, scheme is the big um, the big thing I think you got out of this draft where, you know, we talk about best available player that the best available might be to how they fit the scheme. You know, Henry Ruggs was, I don't think he was the best receiver in this class, but, you know, he fit the scheme for the Raiders. And furthermore, w- which was probably, I, th- I still think one of the bigger shocks was um, uh, Clyde Edward- Edwards-Hilaire uh, being the first running back taken. I talked about this, that I, I had this feeling that a running back was going to go in the back end of the first round, and I thought a team might trade up or the Chiefs could potentially look at it. And then the Chiefs took a running back, but they literally did not take one, two, or three on almost every single human's board. No Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, no DeAndre Swift, no J.K. Dobbins. They took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
And yesterday uh, we talked about the comps of, you know, Brian Westbrook was put on there. But this is a perfect situation where, like, I actually went back and watched a whole bunch of video, and I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hopefully this isn't, like, a recency of knowing that he was drafted, but I just like him better than J.K. Dobbins as I went back through. But I don't like him better than Swift or uh, Jonathan Taylor, so that didn't change. But this was a situation where this guy perfectly fit the Andy Reid scheme they had they was reminiscent of backs they've had in the past to look at uh, Priest Holmes and Brian Westbrook and I think they fell in love with the idea of what they've known before and he's it looks like he's really really smart in hitting his holes he's fast he's kind of bulky even though he's shorter five seven five eight so I I can see it but this this looked like a situation where this guy fit their scheme so perfectly that he that this is why he was the best on their board same reason why. Um, by uh, why Ayuk was the number one for the 49ers is the same reason why uh, Hilaire Ruggs. ends up uh, uh, the what Ruggs was taken by the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, well, the, no, the I was fit. saying the same reason why Ayuk was taken by the 49ers. He wasn't right. the best, but no, but he was the uh, they had him number one on the board because he fit the scheme. Same situation happens for the Chiefs. Yeah, it really does. And uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a great, great fit for Kansas City. Uh, I know that Andy Reid is super excited about him. But the thing that we have to remember, and uh, I'm going to hammer it home this entire offseason, is, you know, they like to use multiple backs. Andy Reid has always done that. So is he going to come in and be a second round pick this year? I don't think he should be. So, uh, you know, stick stick with him and he's going to be great long term. But for 2020, I'm not taking him as my running back, too. I just refuse to do it. Well, and that's going to be, uh, that'll be, I think actually going to be closer to hot take than anything else with what came out. Let's talk more about that uh, on the other side in the sleep. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why the f*** is it called a- In This League? Because... 
who could be scared of it. In this league. Yeah, just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he? <laughs> What's wrong with you? In this league. I've just moved in. My wife has got better cuspings. I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. You're not having an heart attack. Welcome back. In this league, go to inthisleague.com. Check out our Patreon today. Sign up. Have so much fun with your boys. We would deeply appreciate it. Breaking down the NFL draft, Bogman and Welsh style. And we're just finishing up, just kind of cleaning up the big storylines of the first round. Of course, there's lots of stuff. There's lots of things. But, you know, the Ayuk being the number one on the Niners board, boom. Jordan Love and how Aaron Rodgers are going to coexist and what the Packers were thinking, boom. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the first running back taken in the first round. I even saw, um, I thought this was an interesting one, Michael Hardman tweeted, you're telling me 32 teams passed up on DeAndre Swift, and his team is the one that just took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, well, that's his teammate yeah, uh, at Georgia. Yeah, well, uh, but Nicole I think Hardman it's also legit. It's also a legitimate question still that's <laughs> put is. out there that um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he definitely fits this scheme. I don't disagree with you, by the way. Of, I think there is a bit of a premature excitement that's happening with him because of you know the the Brian <laughs> not West. the E I thought you were going to use the nope. Welsh. No, nope. so. I avoided that. At least we <laughs> talked about it though. At least we brought it back to it, and everyone's in everyone's <laughs> brain. So thanks for that. No, but like you know, everybody looks at the situation. They go, "Hey, Chiefs need a running back," and oh my God, someone's comparing. He's better than Brian Westbrook, and everyone just immediately like he's this and that. But you know, Damian Williams doesn't go away. They want to use multiple running backs. I've seen him. I saw somebody post that he is the 36 overall player on their board for this coming year in redraft league. So, you know, that is that is going to be a running back, too. He's going to be drafted heavily as a running back, too, while Damian Williams is looming out there. And I'll tell you what, what I like about this is it's going to negate the Damian Williams insanity that could happen. But yes. I think it muddies the waters, and he will go higher than I'm comfortable. So I don't see myself owning him in redraft this year. In Dynasty, for sure, it's a long, great long-term bet, and he actually looks like a really, really smart running back. And once he's given the full go, regardless of you know the height is a situation, but he's, just, he's a big bulky dude, and he moves through the lines really, really fantastic. But I just don't know if the Chiefs system is going to allow him to be the number one guy this coming year right. after what Damian Williams did and, you know, I don't know. I mean, they did do a first-round pick on it, Bogman, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but that's the old, uh, our buddy Chris Harris, right? He he loves to use the the term crutch argument. Crutch argument is, uh, well, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went in the first round, so they have to give him, you know, 15, 20 touches a game. It, they don't, and they won't this year. I think that he will uh, build into that type of a running back. And we kind of saw the slow burn when he was at LSU as well. You know, I mentioned this uh, a couple days ago that Clyde Edwards Alaire, if we weren't talking about the enormous jump that Joe Burrow took, we would be talking about the one Clyde Edwards Alaire did because uh, everyone thought, myself included, this dude is the third down back. I thought it was going to be a JJ Taylor, a Reggie Corbin type in this class. And um, he's not that complete. Well, he holds off a five-star running back that came in there in John Emery uh, to become a dude that had 1,800 yards from uh, the line of scrimmage last year. The dude was amazing. Uh, Obviously a good pass blocker as well. And, you know, there's a ton of small backs in the NFL now that are working out and lasting and all that stuff. And a lot of the big guys 
the bigger dudes are breaking down. So uh, I think the size isn't going to matter, especially when he's playing in space more than those other dudes as well. So I, this fit is amazing. Yeah. I, I really, really like it. It's and a good it, fit. For, it's just, it's still for a dynasty league. He's going to be one, one to me right now. Uh, we'll see what day two, you would uh, take him three have. And wait, so in a uh, dynasty, like rookie, you would take him over Judy now. I think I would. Wow. Yeah. Cause you were so adamant Judy, but and Judy didn't go to a bad destination either. No, no, he didn't, but it's not perfect either with Drew Locke being there and John Elway being stubborn about his QBs and stuff. That's so, quite a job. Uh, and uh, obviously, a lot of that is going to depend on need. But I think Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to be an absolute stud with the Chiefs. He's going to be amazing. But this year, like you said, uh, he's going to be worked in slowly, as rookies are. Plus, just think about it, too, you know, less ramp up time this year than there ever has been. They're not going to have rookie minicamp. They're already doing virtual camps. So, you know, it's going to be just tougher for any rookie to get in there, uh, specifically a running back. So So let me get you uh, this Uh, pro football focus is Jeff Ratcliffe. Here's a projection, 2020 projection on him. You ready to hear? Yeah, let's hear it. Hold on. Hold on. Can I guess? Yeah. Quick. Uh, I'm going to say, 850 rushing yards in about, uh, you know. Here's what the projection 30 catches for 300 yards. Okay, because like I was going to say, he projects carries, yards, touchdowns, catches, uh, rush, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Yeah, so like 30 catches for 300-something yards and 850 yards from uh, rushing and then like six touchdowns. Total? Yes, Okay. Total. Um, yeah, I mean, you're in the vicinity. Um, okay. He's, uh, he projects 175 carries for 708 yards and six touchdowns. That's in the running game. In the passing game, 40 catches, but for only 294 yards and two touchdowns. So he's projecting eight touchdowns and um, just a smidge over 1,000 total yards for the year and 40 catches. So I don't know what that comes out to. I mean, we could theoretically do the quick math in a PPR league, but 700 yards, eight touchdowns, or 1,000 total yards, eight touchdowns, and 40 catches is a projection on him. You know, that sounds like a low-end RB2 because there's a little bit more upside on him. The 175 carry seems a bit, I don't know. How many touchdowns, eight touchdowns? Eight touchdowns. Are you doing the math? Uh, Yeah, I'm doing the math. So give Uh, 1,000 yards, 40 catches, and eight touchdowns. Uh, okay, so that's 188 points. That's about almost 12 points a game in a PPR. So, I mean, what is the standard running Fine. back? I mean, that's, yeah, that's like a low-end RB2, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. And, and that's probably... With upside. Um, he, yeah, he, he's got that upside for sure. I just, you know, once again, I, I'm not going to be... Uh, I, I don't think... Someone's going to take him too high. He Remember the hype that Darwin Thompson got last year, and he was a fifth or sixth-round pick. Yeah. And so now that, you know, uh, Andy Reid went out of his way to take this running back in the the first round. I think what you just said is the point, though, of why this is different, is he was a first-round pick. The commitment they've put on this kid is different. But but I'm just talking about the insane hype that we saw from if you take the fifth-round pick of Darwin Thompson in a questionable uh, running back place, uh, that hype that he got, versus a first-round hype, obviously it's different, and I think Clyde Rizalaire way better than Darwin Thompson. But uh, I think the hype is going to go too high, and he's going to be he's going to become a borderline 
uh, second round, uh, back of the second round, early third round pick, and I'm just I'm not willing to pay up for him. Yeah, I do agree. I, I think he is going to touch that area. I think he's going to touch. I think he's going to be a solid. Um, I actually liken this a little bit more to the first year Ronald Jones, Rashad Penny type of thing, but right. maybe even a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, I'm fascinated and something I'd like to go in a little bit deeper on on uh, the In This Week Fantasy Football podcast this coming week. There's a little tease to listen. I'd like to go more in on how um, I'm trying with CEH. Uh-oh. Is that his? No, no. I was just trying to uh, Clyde it's Edwards. E- it's Elaire is French. So that's I called him Hilaire until December. C-H-E. So Yeah, I was just trying to abbreviate C-E-H, so I have to yeah. say his stupid name. But um, yes, a little CEH. I'd like to go in because I feel like. And and maybe it's a, I don't know, it's a negative I want to put a little bit on football, but like, I was hilarious. Was at best nine or ten on every human being's dynasty board, and then because the Chiefs just took him, he he's now one one in your mind and everybody's mind, and that seems like a like what. Why, this change because the Chiefs took him? I mean, uh, for transparency yeah. here, we, we are recording this portion right before the second round. We are going to have second round coverage, so I can't speak to where Swift or Jonathan Taylor or anything like that are going, but I, I feel like it is it, kind of like shows a flaw in the dynasty football system. If we're supposed to be looking at talent and one single team changes it this dramatically – that raises that raises eyebrows to me a little bit. Like, how could Clyde Edwards Lair be nine or ten on a dynasty board and then go to one because the Chiefs took him? Because context matters, man. It just it, it matters so much more in football than it does in baseball. Because in, in baseball, you have uh it's hitter versus pitcher. So it really doesn't matter where they land. Obviously, better ballparks and uh better players around you are going to give you more opportunities for RBI and runs and stuff. But if Clyde Edwards-Alaire went to, you know, Jacksonville and the Raiders or the the Jaguars weren't thinking about trading um, Leonard Fournette, then he would be buried among... Uh, it's going to take him a while to beat out Fournette or uh, even if Fournette's gone, now he's behind a bad offensive line with a bad offense. Uh, I mean, carrying listen, the load I, for them. I understand. It, just, it matters. The guy next to Patrick Mahomes uh, just has such a great opportunity. By the way, that 11.75, real quick, the Welsh would have put him uh, at 29 overall last year among running backs between Philip Lindsay and Darius Geis on a per-game per basis. Okay, so it's more of a flex option. So, yeah, I don't know. My problem with what you're saying a little bit is – like, I, I don't feel like you're accounting for what I'm actually saying. Because you're right. You're 100% right. Like, Daryl Henderson was one of those guys that was, like, rocketing up boards and everyone's getting so excited and thinking, man, this guy might be it. Then he gets drafted by the Rams and his value takes a takes a nosedive a bit. So I, well, I get that. I'm, but hold on. Let me finish. I'm just saying, okay. like, I, I get that. I get the movement. I get a swing and stuff. But what I'm saying is Clyde edwards Lair wasn't even in the same tier. He he was, uh, you saw pe- some people, I'm not saying you, but some people were having Zach Moss above him. P- Pro Football Focus has Zach Moss above him. You see um, Cam Akers going above him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't in the tier with Dobbins, Swift, and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Not in the same tier. So th- this is a Superman jump. This isn't like, oh, cool, you know, now Dobbins jumps up to one or, hey, Jefferson moves up to two because he's with the Minnesota Vikings in his spot. This is a Superman jump 
everybody on the planet now knows Clyde Edwards Hilaire and everybody on the planet is in. And this guy has leapfrogged everybody in Dynasty over the Chiefs. I'm not saying that it's wrong. It just raises an eyebrow of how do we get from breaking down a player, looking at his talent, and that he takes this type of a move because the Chiefs brought him in. Well, first of all, he was in that tier for a lot of people. Not me. I wasn't putting him in there with those three guys. Uh, he was kind of his own tier. But, uh, you know, I said it, I think, on Wednesday on, on the show, The Welsh, where we were talking about the running backs in this class. And I said it's the top three guys, then Hilaire, then Akers, and then a free-for-all after that. Kind of everybody has uh, whoever they have ranked high up there. I like Anthony McFarland. I do like uh, Zach Moss. I like DJ Dallas. You know, but uh, other teams are going to have other stuff. So for a lot of people, including, you know, uh, our boy Emery said he's in that group and he would put Cam Akers in that group as well. He kind of had a five RB tier. So yeah. some people were. But also Clyde Edwards-Alaire landed in his best possible, the best possible spot for yeah, a you're running right back. That. No, you're, you're he, right about that. So like if, you know, if Jerry Judy landed in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, I'd be like, well, Jerry Judy's one one, and it's not even close. Regardless even of Hilaire, Edward Hilaire, oh, okay. yeah, it was in Kansas City. Judy would be number one because uh, context just matters so much. But he goes to Denver, who has Drew Locke and you know Elway and uh, all, all of that, all of that craziness in Denver. Like even if they added Cam Newton, I think I would take Clyde Edwards Lair because he he just landed in his best possible spot. So I think the the next running back, the next high running back is whoever the Dolphins take. They take Taylor. If they take Swift, that's probably who I'd have ranked next. And then I'd go Judy after that. Well, we'll talk about that here shortly as we're breaking that down. It just like I, and I guess I come from a little bit of a baseball uh, perspective with it because I feel like. It's not bad, but like with Dynasty, sometimes we do get caught into the now. And, you know, if we're and if you're saying, you know, people like know like Emory is definitely in that camp of, of locked right. in beyond belief. But there is this kind of um, there's just this kind of thing where it's like if the talent is true, it's going to find a way. It very it's not very often that there is a there's a, a lockdown talent that doesn't find a way. There's there's talent that was maybe misguided talent and it gets exposed, or there's talent that hasn't been um, developed, like a Raheem Mostert is a perfect example, a talent right. or a scheme that hasn't been developed. And maybe to your point, Raheem Mostert might be one of the biggest proof and point of context matters because that guy, you know, for years and years and years was just whatever. Then he gets into Shanahan's scheme, and, I mean, the guy looks just unstoppable right now. Right. But talent always comes through. So m maybe what I'm doing is I'm just questioning the v the evaluation of a lair because you're right. Like, and you should be, these are great points to make and great questions to have as far as, and everybody gets it wrong. You know, everybody yeah. gets it wrong oh, yeah, uh, sure. every once in a while. And there are many times where uh, one prospect will fool uh, the whole NFL. Like if, if Joe Burrow sucks, I feel like everyone in the NFL will be surprised if that happens. So maybe they won't be because, you know, the, the Bengals are historically a team that has uh, failed first round picks, but uh, I think everyone would have taken him one, one. So, all right. You know, I mean, if he that, fails, they're going to be surprised. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I'm making a tiny bit more out of a layer than it needs to be because, you know, I think at worst for most people is he was the start of the next tier. It's just, 
you know, he wasn't in the bandwagon with the top three for the majority of people, or if he was in the same tier, he was still at the bottom. And the more that I, I had done such a focus on a wide receivers leading up to the draft, I hadn't done enough of a focus on running back. And like I said, I fully acknowledge that I might be skewed a bit by knowing that Hilaire was drafted by the Chiefs, but I went back and I just, I, I, cu- I couldn't see how I could rate J.K. Dobbins above Hilaire. But I still love Taylor and Swift over Hilaire. But he is in a great scheme, in a great spot, but there are still question marks. And there's a commitment standpoint, um, at least recently, with the Chiefs on, on a running back. Though I say that, and you know, before Kareem Hunt screwed <laughs> up, right. Kareem Hunt was a absolute monster with the Kansas City Chiefs so I guess you know the the high-powered offense takes such a huge huge push for a player that it's optimizing the the skill level and I guess I was just thinking people weren't giving the credit where it was due but uh we're gonna talk a little bit more actually gonna talk about the funny stories that happened in the first round and we're gonna get into day two so don't go anywhere in this league NFL draft coverage coming up dailyrodo.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.